Welcome to the Gospel According to Star Trek podcast. I'm Kevin C. Nice. And I'm Tim Van Orden, and this is Episode 10, Healing Frequencies Open. We'll be starting off with some Star Trek news and then discussing Discovery Season 3, Episode 2, Far From Home, not to be confused with the second Tom Holland Spider-Man film, Far From Home. And then we'll get to an audience question right after our main topic, which is Healing Frequencies Open, discussing healing relationships in Star Trek. We're really looking forward to this one. Hope you are too. So we have Mary Wiseman to thank for the theme of this week's episode. Um, thanks to my my partner here, Tim. How are you doing, Tim? Thirsty. I was just taking a drink of water. Uh, <laughs> doing good. Oh, doing good. Right. Excited to be here. It's becoming a running gag, the drinking well, water thing. Usually when you get going, I've got plenty of time to <laughs> sit back with a bottle Dude, of water here this is our 10th episode you should know i'm gonna mm -hmm. turn it i'm gonna flip it back to you pretty quickly you yes yeah, as, right as soon as i when we start put, out but mouth to bottle yeah yeah exactly so maybe fix your timing well i did the same thing last episode so it's cool um anyway yeah so uh tim uh, you you brought me the the thing for this week's episode which i think is really exciting we're gonna be talking about lots of different star trek in the third segment today so i'm excited about it I am too. Looking forward to it. Yeah. But before we get to that, we have news. I don't know who's going first. What do you have, sir? Um, I've got some some news from the, the book side of things. Okay, good. There good. Literary is, Trek. Yeah, Literary Trek. I, I fond of this side of, of, of Trek. Uh, mm -hmm. There's going to be a Star Trek Picard novel tie-in. Uh, it's going to be a prequel set on the USS Titan with Riker and Troy. Nice. It's uh, going to be released in January of 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to be called Star Trek Picard, The Dark Veil, written by um, Star Trek novelist James Swallow. And this news, of course, comes from trekmovie.com. We can include the link in the description yeah. as a nice little uh, piece of the what I presume is going to be the, the cover art on there as well. It looks really good. Cool. Uh, so I'm excited. The, the official synopsis is on there. Sounds interesting. And it's coming out in January. So sounds good. That's awesome. And I mean, you know, the, the Titan is one thing I would love to see, like, you know, mm -hmm. you, you just, it's kind of like, um, you know, there were, there was talk for a while about a Captain Wharf series, you know, uh -huh. like those kinds of things, like people who you've seen as like second in command or whatever, becoming captain. Right. That, that would be really exciting. I, I would yeah. Really there was, interested. there was some, some call, I, I think a little bit of a call for a Sulu series a while back Yes, after um, uh, undiscovered country. Mm hmm and um yeah now i don't i i don't i don't wonder if it's a little too late to maybe do a live action titan series true but but maybe we'll get a spin-off from lower decks maybe so <laughs> i don't know if i'd want that but there I mean, there is a um there is a, a novel series this the guy that's writing this book uh wrote some titan books before all of the the abrams verse and everything else started branching off Mm -hmm. um so i don't know like obviously it's not going to to really fit in with the canon that's it sits out there right now yeah but um but yeah there there are some titan books out there that mm -hmm. are supposed to be pretty good i haven't gotten to them myself yet but. well that's exciting that's cool yeah so what do you got for us so i have more janeway news mm. uh what the heck this is crazy but um uh captain janeway now has a uh, like a, a statue and memorial in Bloomington, uh, Indiana. Is it Bloomington, Indiana? Not Illinois. 
I don't know. It's it's your. It's my it's my thing. It's your news uh, bit. Do I need to Google this for you? I thought it was in this news article I'm looking at right now, and I don't see it. Oh, Bloomington, Indiana. I was right. Okay, we can go on. All right. <laughs> so she has her own. Uh, she now has her own statue and or bust rather, uh, and 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 plaque in Bloomington, Indiana. I'm looking at it. It looks good. Yeah, you see it. It's very cool. Yeah, it's, it's again on TrekMovie.com. Check it out. Hey, we're like not hashtag not spawn. Right. They um, should sponsor us. <laughs> they should. Hey, trekmovie.com. Let's talk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so basically the uh, Bloomington, Indiana is the future birthplace of Captain Catherine Janeway. Oh, right. Okay. And I tell you, I have been to the future birthplace of Captain James T. Kirk, which is Riverside, Iowa. Right. Um, which they're very proud of the fact in Riverside, they're very proud of, proud of the fact that in uh, in the first Abrams film, they mentioned Riverside on screen. It's like, you know, Riverside shipyards, you know? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's really cool. So that, it's like, that's a nice touch. Yeah. It's like actually canon now. But in fact, they have, they have a, a um, signed letter from Gene Roddenberry officially declaring Riverside, Iowa, the future birthplace of Captain Kirk. Cause he says he's from Iowa in Star Trek four. And so they, yeah. They decided nice. to be the town, but they have a cool thing there every year called Trek Fest, um, which is one of the first things I ever did um, once I started this Gospel Corner Star Trek journey. But so I had I, I thought very much about this. Um, I, I thought about that very much when when I saw this. I'll tell you, Janeway has a better memorial. Uh, Janeway's uh, Janeway's got the the statue, the bust thing there, and mm-hmm. it's, it's quite good. It is. Um, it is pretty good. Oh, and I just noticed the the. I don't know if there's a technical term for it, but the stand that the bust is sitting on mm-hmm. yeah. is in the shape of a com badge. It's it's the Star oh, nice. Trek symbol. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So this is a this is a product of the Captain Janeway Bloomington Collective. It's a fan group. And uh, we will link to their to their uh, website below and we'll also link to the to the story. But it's just really cool that um, I love when there there are these cool nerd monuments that exist. Um, in our in our world, you know, we got the Captain Kirk one. Now we got the Janeway one. Of course, we got the you know the things we're like, um, what is it like? Uh, I think there's a I think there's a place called Vulcan in Canada. Yeah, they have a big Spock thing there. Nice. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. May twentieth, twenty three, thirty six. Oh, five days away from my birthday. Oh wow, so close. Well, and I didn't know a couple centuries. Born. Yeah, I was about to say you're born in twenty three, thirty six. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm a time traveler. Yeah, I'm a time yeah. lord, actually. Oh, okay, all right. That that explains the uh, the the phone booth in your backyard. Indeed. <laughs> Isn't that interesting that both uh, Doctor Who and Bill and Ted travel through time in phone booths? That just occurred to me. That's awesome. <laughs> Party on! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> oh man! Hey, did you see Discovery this week? Discovery, what's that? Were you taking a drink of water? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) You know that cable news channel, uh, Discovery. (laughs) Right. Yes, with all the the mammals. Yes, the mammals and the and the uh, the people on the Alaskan frontier. No, someone made a song about that. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, okay. What? About mammals on the Discovery Channel. No, I didn't know about that. I didn't hear about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, members sure. on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do yeah. remember that. I do remember right. that. 
So, so yeah. Did you see Discovery this week? <laughs> I did. I did. I enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Far from home. Good. Now I was freaked out. Not freaked we out. We should was... go ahead. What? Quick, uh, quick. Me. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Quick, uh, quick addendum. We should note last episode. We, yeah. I made the mistake of assuming this week's episode was going to be the hope that is you part two. And I, much to my chagrin, it was not. <laughs> I was just going to say that I was expecting that hope is you part two, and it's called Far From Home. And I don't know. This is I don't you know, know what's going on. They probably announced the titles in advance. Might have. So if we were like professional podcasters, we would like look this up and, right. and be ready for that. Right. But, but who wants to listen to professional yeah, podcasters? Yeah, exactly. They're not so the, not the three people listening to us. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was I was expecting this to be um, that. Uh, this is the first time that we've had a two part or, or a, a part one of an episode that hasn't been followed by part two. I don't know if that's ever been done. I mean, maybe it has been. I don't know. I mean, surely something out there was canceled before they could air part two. Well, yeah, but I mean, uh, actually scheduling them apart from each other, unless you count oh, like the, the slaps giving episodes and in, in How I Met Your Mother, like I don't even know. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Yep. So that's interesting. I have no idea. Where yeah, that's going. and we've just spent a solid two minutes on that, and uh, we did. There's much more interesting stuff to talk about so in this episode. <laughs> what is more interesting to you about this episode, Tim? Tell me about it. I thoroughly enjoyed Saru and Tilly. Yes, the core of the episode. Yeah, they they were a delight. I I really liked that moment when Saru tells Tilly that he brought her because she makes a good first impression. Yeah, yeah, we're we're that, going to meet the future. You would be a great first impression. Like I oh. I got I got goosebumps. I'm not gonna lie, that was that was adorable. Oh, that was that was beautiful. Oh, and you can see what it did to Tilly too. Yeah, and uh, and that's. And that's, and that's why Saru is such an awesome captain. Yes. One of the many reasons he's such an awesome captain. Um, that he has this incredible emotional sensitivity and gentleness and, and compassion, you know? And he sees mm -hmm. people. He's exceedingly perceptive. That's the thing about Saru. He's got such a detailed mind. Um, but, it's, but it's so perceptive and emotionally perceptive more so since he's lost his uh fear ganglia right right and um and 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 so that about him is but then but then when you when you put him in a corner or try to put him in a corner mm -hmm. you know he is not going to back down yeah he because he's got that that that's well spine now from having <laughs> lost the fear ganglia right it's yeah it's it's a, it's a really interesting duality to him mm -hmm. of course even before that i mean he would always step up you know he would always mm -hmm. come to the plate when he needed to but sure. he's just so grounded now and so confident and he's uh, yeah he, man yeah yeah confident is, is a, like he yeah I, I, <laughs> <laughs> we it's are good. at a loss to describe how great right Saru and is. That's, yeah, yeah. Um, he's wonderful. And, and that makes him such a great mentor for Tilly who lacks <laughs> such self-confidence. You know, he, he was the one who recommended her for the right. man training pro program. And um, there's definitely a mentoring relationship going on there, which I think is so beautiful. And 
it just it just speaks volumes to uh, excuse me it speaks volumes to Tilly's potential and and that is so meaningful you know um you and I both watched the ready room this week which we don't always do um <laughs> but uh Will Wheaton told Mary Wiseman that his favorite character in all of Star Trek is Tilly he's like more than Spock more than Kirk more than uh Wesley Crusher you know like right because because he's like I identify with her mm-hmm. you know she has that that just not knowing what to say or having too many thoughts in her head and not being able to express them and, and the social awkwardness and and being able to see something but not being able to communicate about it and all that sort of thing you know he's like I see her you know like I see myself in her more than any other character I identify with her mm-hmm. and he's saying you know there there's so many people who are going to identify her who do identify with this character and see themselves on screen and and that's very intentional mm-hmm. you know and so i think it's great to have someone like saru seeing valuing that person mm-hmm. you know and and seeing um their worth and seeing their their potential and seeing um not just potential not like oh you're going to be something someday mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, you haven't arrived yet, but none of us have arrived yet. Mm-hmm. And you're something right now. And he he knows how to bring that out of her. Mm-hmm. Like he's just, oh, I see this in you, so I'm just going to push you until it comes out. Mm-hmm. It's He knows how to coax it out, how to tease it out of her, and how to, to get her to grow in a way that's going to be beneficial to her. Yeah. And to be that encourager. And that support. And I mean, gosh, you know, there's so many things to talk about with this, <laughs> um, but there's, there's such, and, and we're going to get into it in the main story too, because uh, Mary Wiseman made that comment in the ready room about seeking out healing relationships. And that's the core of, of our, of our episode today um, is comes from that. Thanks to you. You, you came up with the idea to do this and it's, it's, I think it's brilliant. And um you're supposed to say, "Why, thank you very much, Kevin." Oh well, I'm you so were you were still talking. I'm just, I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, Do I need to take but, a drink of water? No, that's okay. <laughs> but, but I think it's, I think it's brilliant. And and Mary was talking about that seeking healing relationships, and um, and there's so much in this kind of relationship that is so important that coming alongside another, you know. I mean, the, the 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 scriptures even talk of the uh, talk of the uh, the Holy Spirit like that, you know, as the Comforter, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and the one who the one who walks alongside with us, and um, and being that for each other, you know, and that that um, that commonality of spirit um, is so important and is is so vital to to all of us. And the the Saru Tilly relationship just brings that out so well. I thought it was great. I agree. It was also kind of cool to see um, Saru's like what are those like uh, blow dart ganglia? The, the the needle. Yeah, those are. That was pretty cool. Just the way he just whipped <laughs> those like, out. What, has that? Am I am I crazy? Or have we never seen that before? We no, we've seen it. I think we've seen him use them once before we've in once. Reflex. Like, okay. um, maybe like on, they popped uh, out, but not yeah, it, them. 
I think he shot him in, in the he? episode where, where he's back on his home planet and uh-huh. he's being held captive. Yeah, yeah, I want to say he shot him at the, maybe uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't remember, but it's, I, this is definitely the first time whether he's shot him before or not that he's done so intentionally. Right. Right. Well, that's, and that, that may, that may very well be the case. That probably is the case. Um, it's, it's been a bit since I've seen that episode. So um, details like that are kind of lost on me, but sure. Um, that's fair. But yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, the was, rest of the, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just going to say that was, I don't know. What's, what's the rating on this, this podcast. Can I say <laughs> kick ass or can you bleep that out in, in editing? In post? We have not rated this podcast, sir. Oh, okay. All right. Excellent. Unrated. <laughs> that was kick ass. <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> Well, anyway, um, so yeah, it was, it was great. It was fantastic. But the other things, I mean, of course, the rest of the crew is the other thing. Right. And, and really getting to, getting to see more of them um, in action and in crisis mm-hmm. um, and coming together, especially I, I was really, I really loved Owosakun and um, uh, Detmer. Um, I love the way that relationship is growing. I love both of those characters. I want to see them more. Yeah, I really, I'm, I'm really wanting to know what's going on with Detmer and yes. this sort of like, did, um, did control maybe do something to her? Because you know mm. we've had the last season with control taking over the the heavily cybernetic lady. I can't remember her name, <clears throat> but um, so yeah, maybe maybe there's something going on, but I don't know. Arium. Arium, yes. Arium, who I loved, but we didn't really get to know. We've talked about that before. I wish we could have gotten to know Arium more. We didn't even have to think of her name because, and that was my problem at the beginning of this series was that they didn't say the characters' names very much. Right. And there are so many people on the bridge and it's hard to keep track of who's who. Well, yeah. And they don't do the, you know, flashing the names in the intro with their character and the actor. Yeah. Well, they don't do that in any Star Trek. I mean, yeah, they did. They did it in TNG. No, they didn't. Oh, the and they did oh, it in DS9 too. You mean? Uh, oh, oh, you. I feel I'm, like I'm sorry. The, I thought you were thinking like with the with the person on the screen. I, no, I no, 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 no. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't give the. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> yeah, they don't. They don't put the character name with the actor name uh, in the credits. Yeah, that's right. While we're on the topic of Detmer and control, I did want to say that I have a little personal theory about control. Okay. That A, we haven't seen the last of them. It. Okay. And B, I think, and I know it's probably, it's like extremely far-fetched and probably not a realistic theory, but I think control is the birth of the Borg. Really? Yeah. Ah. Uh, and that possible. there's going to be some time travel shenanigans or something, and it's going to get booted off all the way to the other side of the galaxy or who knows what. But I think, I think control is the origin of the Borg. Hmm. That's interesting because I mean, the Borg have been around for hundreds of years. Sure. That's fair. That's why I say there's going to be some time travel shenanigans. Yeah. Yeah. There would have to be interesting. Interesting. We'll have to see what, what happens with that. Yeah, like I said, probably not a very realistic theory, but... It'd be cool. 
It would be. Oh, it would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back to back to our current episode. Yes. Uh, and so many. I mean, and just a little. Uh, we're we're almost getting a little triumvirate here, of uh, uh, Paul and Hugh and Jet. You know, because uh, it's like it's like Paul. Uh, he can't. He functions okay on his own as as like sort of a chief engineer guy, right? Mm-hmm. But but without Hugh and without Jet, I don't know. They just they seem to just like work so well with him. It's almost like they're his support team, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, and particularly with with Jet Reno in this in this episode, <laughs> I find her to be like almost the series McCoy. Yeah. you know but but maybe a little funnier (laughs) (laughs) or maybe a lot funnier Uh um and uh because i don't know i i don't know if you're familiar at all with tig notaro um no i i literally only know her from like talk shows and stuff because i've seen her come on talk shows a lot to promote her work in discovery but she's a stand-up comedian who kind of fell into being an actor and she is just, I mean, just the way you see Jet Reno on the screen is very much just her personality. <laughs> that is just how she is. That's and funny. She's utterly brilliant. And and just one of those people who walks in the room and starts talking, you're just like, I want to spend more time with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she's really cool. But I felt like in this episode, she was really serving as um, like both a foil and a support for Paul in such in such an important way you know mm-hmm. and it's like it's like the whole thing when, when he's wanting to go up the ladder you know and she's wanting him to admit that he needs help you know mm-hmm. uh and it's like you know that she probably would go up the ladder if if she could but she's so like constantly poking at him and digging at him and 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 being a jerk to him kind of or or, or not being a jerk but being joking with him you know poking mm-hmm. at him but always in a way that's like, yeah, but I'm going to look after you and I'm going to care for you and I'm going to follow you and I'm going to make sure mm-hmm. you're okay. Um, and in that moment, she gets very, very honest, you know, and just like, it's, it's horrible to feel hopeless, but it's not forever. And it doesn't mean you're not capable. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that kind of, that's something that a lot of people need to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and it's so true because like we all have those periods when we're helpless. We all have those periods when we need help. Some mm-hmm. of us have a certain level to which we need help our whole lives, right? I mean, we've talked on the show sure. before about disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it, yeah, right. It doesn't mean you're not capable. It doesn't mean that there isn't, you know, because you can't do this thing that's in front of you. That that whatever time, life, money, uh, disability, your body, whatever says you can't do because you can't do that thing. It doesn't mean that you're worthless. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that, you know, you, you can't do anything. You just can't do that thing. So maybe don't get caught up in doing that thing. You know, mm-hmm. maybe give yourself the space. I don't know what you can say. I was just going to say this, this feels like it speaks to, to that, concept of hope yeah that we're that we're kind of i think is going to be the season long uh overarching theme i think so too it's it's certainly i I think it's series long honestly yeah that's fair 
I mean, it's it's honestly it's a Star Trek theme, right? Yeah, but, yeah, that's that's true. But I we think could do we're a... dealing with it in a, in a fairly acute way mm-hmm. in this series, um, which I love. I love that. Uh, it, it can make it harder to watch for some people because we deal with some rougher stuff, but, mm-hmm. but you know, that's Star Trek. It Star Trek is what it needs to be for the current generation. Right. Right. And, and you know, there, are, yeah, there are a lot of people in this current generation that are dealing with rougher stuff front and center. Yeah. And so for Star Trek to just kind of say, Hey, we're not going to beat around the bush on this. We're it's okay to confront it. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to call it what it is. That in itself is is extremely helpful to a lot of people. Absolutely, and let's and let's remember too that when we're talking about things like, you know, well, yeah, oh, I deal with that every day in my life that a, a crazy robot guy is trying to chase me, or you know, uh, some <laughs> things, you know, my my starship is crashing into the planet and being mm-hmm. you know eaten by parasitic ice. Like, right. no, these are metaphors. <laughs> you know. <laughs> It's like the intensity of the of the of the stuff that our people face in in our in the stories that we tell each other that that mirrors the intensity of even maybe just how we feel mm-hmm. the things that we confront in our everyday lives. I mean, what about myths about dragons, you know, and 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 ogres and monsters and and cyclopses and all those sorts of things like cyclopses, cyclopses, anyway. cyclopi. <laughs> anyway you get what i'm saying what about yeah. all those you know all those kind of you know things we, we when people dream up uh problems and and challenges for their heroes mm-hmm. to face that are much bigger than the ones they deal with in re- real life how many times do you can hear people compare a problem to the hydra you know mm-hmm. in hercules because you know yeah we're not we may not be confronting those actual things but our literal stuff can feel that bad to us and um and so that's that's important that's very important and um and some people need that and some people need other kinds of stories and that's why it's great that there's variety in star trek but that that ties into um this sense of disconnectedness that we have in this episode Mm -hmm. this sense of of well, I've talked about it before in the series, disorientation. There's some sort of weird background noise oh, going on. Oh, hey, folks at home, it's raining where I am. You <laughs> might hear some noise now and again. Okay. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I, I meant to say that up top in the episode, but then it wasn't raining right there. Gotcha. So. I wasn't sure if it was a fan and you were going to want to <laughs> no, redo no. the take or something. No, it's it's rain. Um, yeah. But uh, where was sorry, I? Sorry. Okay, it's okay. But, no, we talked about the, the sense of disorientation in this episode, in this series before, and it's very, very strong in these couple of episodes of trying to find some grounding and find some footing and find some way through um, when things are in chaos. Um, what else do we need to say about this episode? Uh, okay. So, so I just, we haven't even covered. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I just stumbled. This is not related to this episode, but mm-hmm. while we were looking up um, crew names and, and ranks and positions and all that jazz, I stumbled across an Easter egg that is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. So in episode nine of the first season, uh, let's see where where to go. Um, a an officer is ordered to report to the ready room on the discovery. That officer that was ordered to report was Cadet Decker. Oh, nice! In the article, Star Trek Discovery's coolest, deepest cut Easter eggs by Star Trek.com, it's suggested that that is likely that this cadet may actually be Will Decker. That's pretty cool. Which is kind of neat. Yeah. Not going to yeah. lie. 
It could be Will or it could be Matt. His Who's dad. Matt? Matt Decker's his dad from the original series. From uh, what? From, yeah, you know that. What? I, I had no idea there was a Matt Decker. Yeah, Matt Decker. It's uh, it's in um. Uh, I think it's Turnabout Intruder, the the last episode of the series. Oh wow, um, Matt Decker and um, when in its early days, Star Trek Phase Two, um, uh, uh, which was used to be called Star Trek New Voyages, when it was called mm-hmm. Star Trek New Voyages, was it New Voyages or uh, anyway, I don't know. <laughs> they did, they they brought that actor back to play Matt Decker again. Oh, yeah, uh, interesting. Like a sequel episode, sort of. But anyway, um, so anyway, sorry, sidetrack, cool Easter egg. I was tickled to learn that all of a sudden. <laughs> That's really cool. I don't know. Into the where... forest I go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You went into the forest <laughs> that one for sure. That was, that was rather apropos. Um, okay. So yeah. What else about this episode? Do so we like? the, thing, I mean... the thing I loved was the, the villain in the, in the, in our little uh, Western saloon <laughs> that we went into. It was so right. funny because they come up to those Batwing doors and I'm just like, is this going to be, this looks like they're walking into a saloon and then, and then it turns and shows where they're going. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it is a saloon. <laughs> they're walking into a saloon. Yeah, Is it a requisite that every Star Trek series has to do a Western episode? I don't know. It, you know I know we've be. had one in TOS and TNG. Yeah. Um, I don't know about DS9 or Voyager though. We had or one Enterprise for that in Voyager sort of not really is western ish it wasn't it wasn't western it was that era but it was like in ireland so with the, ah. the spirit the spirit folk and stuff eh, like that, close uh, enough yeah um, and, and surely bashir and o'brien ran through some well they they used to go to the alamo i mean yeah that's not, yeah, yeah yeah that's not you know exactly it's, it's close old west, but yeah anyway. yeah it's close enough. yeah but yeah that, that was so, that was cool that was pretty and, great and it was an amazing scene the Michelle Yeoh fight scene in there for those of us that like the the action stuff that was oh, yeah. that was really cool. It was really good, and I loved that little standoff between her and Saru. Yes, and he just yes. he just doesn't blink. Now yes. I don't know if he actually blinks, but like figuratively, he just doesn't right. blink. Right, he does not flinch. He stands there, he stands his ground, and that's what's so great. so great about him in that episode. And I like, think I feel like Giorgio actually respects that, like where yeah. he's not backing down from her. Yeah. I think so too. That's the thing about her is like, I think she's more honorable than she lets on or than mm. she realizes or has that ability more than she confesses to. Right. And I think this kind of ties in with our topic because I wanted to say that I feel like Giorgio is madly seeking Michael as that uh, relationship that's going to heal her. Mm. I think Giorgio yeah. recognizes, or at least maybe subconsciously, that there's some something wrong there's some yeah. pain, there's something that she's missing and she knows Michael fills that somehow, which is why she she is like, like when, when Giorgio first came over to our universe, to the to the prime universe, mm-hmm. like she she put off this air of not really caring about anybody that much, but now she it's like she's not hiding it. She is one track, gotta find Michael. Yeah, yeah, she really there, is. There's, there's just that drive to find that relationship and yeah. so I, that segues nicely into our, our main topic which was like you mentioned earlier the quote from mary weissman um, uh, in life we seek out relationships that can heal you and i i actually had to like she said that and i was i was kind of just kind of half listening but it just it hit me and i'm like wait a minute say that again and i you know mm-hmm. i had to rewind it and watch it again it was is very very i think a central theme 
to a lot of Star Trek. I agree. And um, I, I, I was really, you know, when you brought this up as, as the, as the main topic for today's episode, I was like, okay, okay. Cause I didn't actually remember. I remember her saying that, but I placed it in the episode somehow when mm-hmm. we were talking and um, cause there were so many great moments in the episode, but yeah, that was from the, that was from the red room. And I thought, boy, that's, that's a really great, um, a really great theme. And you came up with several places in Star Trek where we see, where we see this theme happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's just get into it. We're, let's talk to talk about some of the places that we see it and pitch, pitch one. So, uh, and this is from here on, this is where we, we, we avoid discovery spoilers, right? So that yeah, absolutely. folks yeah. listening We're... in who maybe skipped over the discovery <laughs> part can, yeah, for those of you who skipped the discovery section, welcome back. Um, <laughs> go back is, and uh, listen to it after the episode. Go back and listen to it after the episode. But this is this is the part where we talk about other Star Trek. Right. So, um, so give us give us those examples. This was kind of your idea. Okay, so uh, I think the one that really stands out to me, like, and it was not one of the ones that I, I rattled off right away to you, but the one that really stands out the most to me is one uh, named after myself. So uh, no, um, no vanity there, but uh, the character Timothy in hero worship oh, yeah. where he's, he's actively seeking that to, to emulate data, which is on another level where data is your Christ figure is, is an entirely different uh, yeah. That's bag true. Of, of topic to talk about. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, just the, the whole episode, he's trying, he's trying to heal from this trauma that he's gone through and he, he he seeks out this person who doesn't feel emotional pain to try and help him come to grips with the pain that he's feeling mm-hmm. or really more to to escape it right right to avoid it which is 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 part of like i i my therapist has has tried to to help me to understand that a lot of what we do even bad habits um, a lot of what we do is an attempt to meet a need, right? Yes. And right. so uh, this need to escape is, I, th- I feel like, corresponds to a need to heal. Like, mm-hmm. you can't heal from a fire while you're in the fire. Right. Right? The first thing you need to do is get away from it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what he do, does. And it's not until he gets away from it, not until he escapes, that he can then be approached to start healing. Yeah. No, I think, and I think that's true. And I think it's, um, that's a very good observation. We often, and I, I, I deal with this with some, with some people who, um, who are friends of mine and, and, and people I try to help and what have you that, you know, they'll go through something and maybe they're, maybe they're dealing with depression or maybe they're dealing with a trauma or something like that. And they just absolutely do not want to talk. And there are times in my past when I would try to force them to talk mm-hmm. because I am the kind of person who I, I want to, I want to help people heal. I want to talk about things that are important. I want to get it out there. You know, I, I, I cling to that phrase, um, which is a borrowed phrase, but nonetheless, a phrase from Fred Rogers, anything mentionable is manageable. Um, he got that phrase mm. from from his mentor in in, psycholo- in psychological studies, um, mm-hmm. but anything mentionable is manageable. So that when we get it out there and we can talk about it, 
then we can deal with it. I think that's what, oh, well, I'm not going to go there. That was, that was but discovery <laughs> reference. I got to watch myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but in a scene that we talked about earlier where one person was trying to get the other person to do a thing they didn't want to, anyway, I think that's what they were trying to do. <laughs> right, that scene, right. That person. What scene was that? That was with the ladder. Oh, um, right. Yes, the yeah, ladder. Okay, okay gotcha. So, <laughs> speaking of code. But anyway, um, but I think that's, I think that's very important but I find that you do kind of have to wait for some people mm-hmm. to, to go ahead and see what they will keep talking about. You know, if you can keep it casual or whatever, and just, or just stay connected and, mm-hmm. and, and just give them the space to, to connect or to open it up on their own terms and in right. their own time. That's very important. Like when my, when my son gets injured, a lot of times he's like, don't look at it. Don't touch it. You know, let me, he wants to get over the immediate pain first. He will mm-hmm. run around. He will shake it off. He'll walk it off. He'll do whatever he needs to do mm-hmm. to just sort of get past that initial pain. And then maybe he'll let you look at it, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then it's like, maybe if, if, if he really <laughs> thinks something needs to be done, maybe he'll let you touch it. You know, <laughs> uh-huh. like, and I'm sure I'm sure mom and dad are just sitting there like, is there any bone coming out of the skin? Please tell me that. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but you just, you know, you just you just let him because I, I have to trust him to know if he's hurt really badly or mm-hmm. not. You know, I just have to trust him to and just watch him and listen to him and just be attentive and just give him whatever he needs. And, you know, he's, I think he's a big believer in letting stuff heal on its own too. And, you know, so he, you know, and people are like that emotionally too. It's just, it's just when, when they have that pain, that's really Mm -hmm. hard. Some people will, will be like, help me, you -hmm. know, my, I'm, I'm bleeding out, you know, come, come Mm -hmm. and put a tourniquet on me and other people will need that space in that moment. So anyway, we're getting off on a thing, but I think you're really right about, about Tim uh, in, in that episode um, that he has to go through that process, but that sense of that he's seeking that healing relationship. He's seeking someone to emulate someone to be like um, so that he's not himself because maybe if he's not himself, then he didn't go through what he went through. Maybe if he's not himself, then he doesn't have to process what he has to process. doesn't have to do what he has to do because he's somebody else instead. And I mean, we do that with or without somebody to try to emulate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. So I, I, I love that. But, but again, I mean, you know, it, w- it would be an unhealthy thing for Tim to continue his life trying to live. As right. Android, right. We, we don't, right? we don't want to suggest that that's, that's the final step. That's right. just the first step. But it was healthy for him to go through that process initially so that he'd be, he'd be, um, ready to allow himself to deal with the human stuff so kind of like um i feel like there's there's a there's an uh, a comparison there to cisco trying to come to terms with the loss of of jennifer and the the, the trauma that he goes through there who is he what is he seeking in in ds9 there's there's something there's got to be something there i and, and this is just kind yeah. of off just spilling out right now I, i'm not going anywhere with it i don't yeah. know I, i'm asking like if you can think of anything i feel like there's got to be because you know he does have this complete healing arc where he goes from only thinking about jennifer to uh being able to pursue another relationship and in a healthy way and 
I think his relationship with Cassidy is definitely a healing relationship for him, for sure. Well, his relationship with Jake is too. Mm-hmm. Um, and and even I guess we could say his relationship with Deep Space Nine because I think that loss is so profound. I think of that shot of him in the very first episode when you know the shuttle pod is the shuttle is launching away from the um, the Saratoga, and he's lost Jennifer, and that that depth of sorrow that's in him i've felt that where you just you're so far down that you just feel like there's nowhere to go you know like you can't people say you're so far down there's nowhere to go but up but it's like nope there's just nowhere to go i'm just gonna stop right now i'm gonna stop caring i'm gonna stop living Mm -hmm. but you know i think jake anchors him I think um, the assignment at Deep Space Nine, again, seems to offer him an escape, but it also offers him healing. And and maybe that, um, I think his escape was his assignment to uh, the the shipyards. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was a chance for him to kind of take a step back from what he was doing that caused the pain. And then now he's ready to take another step and... Right. start start the healing process mm-hmm. but i don't i don't want to get too like it's very important about the the trauma and pain healing relationships yeah. but there's there's more to relationships than just that namely like as social creatures we need friendships right yes and i don't think anything embodies that more than the bromance between bashir and o'brien oh i love that really. sometimes you just you need someone to play with yeah yeah isn't that true isn't that true yep you you you, you, uh, i thought maybe you were gonna go further oh no no that's usually so so my role here is to just kind of spark you like i'll say something (laughs) smart and then you expand on it you're gonna you're gonna put the ball on the tee and i'm gonna take a swing at it all right i got you exactly gonna put a nice (laughs) juicy ball a juicy steak out there for you to just uh, no, I, I keep yeah. thinking of their times Julie. in the holodeck, you know, and they started mm-hmm. out the series like it was almost as if the writers intended them for them to be antagonistic towards each other and not get along at all sort of a thing. But they just mm-hmm. they gelled really well. Yes, they did. I think they became fast friends. And so there's a component of the characters needing something from each other. You know, O'Brien needs that friend to to hang out with and and express some interests with and uh, and Bashir needed that adult <laughs> maybe that normalish person to kind of help him navigate relationships with other people mm-hmm. um, well and and like you said it's so important for them to play together i think that's uh-huh. really that's really true and i think we seek that in a lot of different ways and you know some things are are more related to sport or something like that but there are lots of ways that we play there are lots of ways that we imagine even if somebody's maybe maybe they're writing something together mm-hmm. or maybe they're just you know watching tv shows together or you know whatever it is they're doing it's it's interesting how those those bonds of friendship can grow in those places where you're not necessarily doing having those deep talks Mm-hmm. Or maybe you're having deep talks about something else like Star Trek. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, you, you, you know, you bond through that and, and that's, yeah, that is very important. And there is a, there is a healing there for both of them because 
you know, Miles' relationship with Keiko is strong, but it's it's they've gone through a lot. Mm-hmm. They've gone through a ton, and Keiko's not always real happy, and Miles feels a bit guilty and doesn't know exactly how to help her or what to do. Mm-hmm. And and of course, you know, all chaos rains down on them at every turn. <laughs> so there's also Poor that. O'Brien. Good gracious, yeah. the O'Briens. I mean, the most put upon, like the the most long-standing married relationship in star trek and the most tormented and tortured couple in star trek history indeed um, they've they've gone through a ton but uh but and then you know julian also i mean being chief medical officer i mean there's a ton of stress there's a ton of strain there's a ton of responsibility mm-hmm. and being able to let go in a place where you don't have that strain you don't have that responsibility is also really important so there again, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a great example of a, of a healing relationship in Star Trek. Yeah. And then, of course, we have Seven of Nine. Yes. Now, that's that's a whole Just, process. Yes. Four uh, seasons and even some in Picard. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, I mean, when you're talking about specific relationships, I mean, when you say Seven, I immediately think of Janeway. Yeah, seven. Well, and not just Janeway though, but I mean, she she seeks out this relationship with the doctor. Yeah, um, she seeks out a relationship with Harry Kim just to kind of explore, understand what, um, and then later Chakotay, the whole romantic side of things. You know, um, don't bring that up. Don't. Oh, I'm sorry. You you don't like the Chakotay seven thing, but that's okay. Go ahead. That's okay. Uh, it just it's, it feels like. Every member of the crew brings something different to her healing, to her growth. Yeah. Well, one another one that might be overlooked is her relationship with Naomi Wildman, um, which I think gives them gives her a chance to have some childhood experience as well, um, having basically lost hers. Mm-hmm. You know, she gets to connect with that through Naomi. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Yeah, I hadn't even. Like it's so obvious now that you say it, but I'd never considered that. <laughs> well, it, it that's you know it, it, that's the nature though of of Seven though is that there's so many elements of her character that have it, it, it illustrates if you think about it how many things the Borg take away. Mm-hmm. You know how much you lose when you become a Borg drone, and um, so yeah, so uh, absolutely Seven Seven is a big her whole arc is an arc of healing. And I think she's still, like you said, I think she's still going through it in Picard though. We're mm-hmm. not talking about new track. Right. We're trying not to talk about new track too much, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, but, she's yeah. got, it's, I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do with her in the second yeah. season. With Annika. Yes. Annika. With Annika. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Okay. Roman. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. Uh, Cybok. One of yes. my, my favorites. I know, I know, um the the fifth star trek film is not one of your favorites but and maybe for that reason i i get a lot of joy out of the film um <laughs> but I, I i always come back to that the the whole the revolving around pain and releasing pain and mm-hmm. and so i'm trying to think about what Cy, what relationships cyborg is searching for here uh and i feel like he too is trying to find some healing, but he's going about it in the wrong way. I think he's right. trying to ignore the pain and pretend that it's not there, that it doesn't exist. I think trying to, to take it away. Right. He's yeah. He's trying to, um, well, he's seeking a relationship with God. True. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. 
but he's looking in the wrong place. Right. And I think he figures that out. And I think in the end, he figures that um, he's been trying to take other people's pain and lead them to this painless life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, wow, I'd never thought about this before, but there's a, there's a, a, a salvific element to what, to what Cybok does. Just going to say, yeah, that sounds like what Jesus is supposed to be doing, right? <laughs> right. It's so funny. I talked for hours and hours and years and years about Spock as a Christ figure, and I don't even think about Cybok. <laughs> this is how it happens, folks, right here, live and in your ears. I was determined to make <laughs> Star Trek V a cornerstone of your gospel according to star trek it's not a cornerstone but it is part of it i do dislike star trek 5 a lot but i like it a lot for what it's trying to say and what it does say in various in various places you'll notice the chapter on star trek 5 in in the first book is very narrowly focused just to (laughs) just to keep me from talking about everything else but i feel like i did myself a disservice there too because i didn't talk about some of the things that are good Cybok being Cybok being one of them, and I think Cybok in that in that end moment, figuring out that he, uh, you know, he he goes to the God figure and says, you know, your pain is great, you know, let me, sh- you know, share it with me, you know, and sharing in in that being's pain. I mean, you you assume it kills him, right? You know, <laughs> maybe it kills them both. Maybe that being is just a big ball of pain, and in absorbing it. Spock, uh, Cybok, you know, sort of destroys it or what have you. Um, but it, it's really hard. This is the thing I don't like about Star Trek V. It's really hard to suss, suss out just what it is that Cybok is doing in that film sure. with regard to taking people's pain and, mm-hmm. and, and what, his, what his skills are and what, his, what he does to people. And it's, 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 it's very weird. Uh, it's not very well defined. It's kind of like the nexus in Genesis it's like, uh, in generations. <laughs> it's like the idea is there, but it's not fully formed. It's not fully explained. And, and there are just lots of gaps to really, really understanding it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Cybok's kind of a rough thing, but, but, you know, how might he feel as a half brother who is, you know, distant enough from his, his brother to, um, to have not been mentioned in you know <laughs> the right. past 25 years <laughs> i wonder um, if they're going to bring him up in discovery Ooh, that would be interesting although i will say lawrence luckenbill who played cyborg is the only person who can play cyborg as far as i'm concerned like wow. the only like half the reason that movie is watchable is lawrence luckenbill because his performance is cyborg even when his dialogue doesn't make any sense it's still compelling (laughs) you still still believe it you know that's that's Uh, fair he he killed in that role he was wonderful um but it would be interesting it would be interesting yeah so um yeah the lost siblings of spock i I (laughs) right (laughs) turns out he's just got a whole menagerie (laughs) right right but um but yeah, no, I, but you're right. I mean, Cybok is seeking something, I think. I think he's trying to find this fulfillment through taking on this sort of messiah role, if you will. And, um, and ultimately, he figures out that he was wrong, you know, that he wasn't pursuing God, that he was really pursuing himself. You know, that's what the, the God being shows him at the end of that, uh, of that film. He's like, shows him, well, maybe, you know, maybe you recognize this, you know. 
and he comes and appears to him as himself and uh and there's i think so much in we can get so caught up in you know questing for some sense of god that we've built up that you know really is more the story we want to tell ourselves than who god really is and um and that maybe cyborg has been trying to understand himself and find himself all this time and um yeah so uh yeah so there yeah i think that's great i think that's a definitely a that's definitely a it's it's a it's an unhealthy seeking of a healing relationship but it is a mm-hmm. seeking for a healing through yeah. the relationship but I, again it speaks to that that universal we seek out relationships that can heal you we don't always seek out the best ones right uh, we don't always find the ones that we need and sometimes we find ones that we didn't realize we needed mm-hmm. but uh there there's that drive that movement within us mm-hmm. to to find to connect yeah yeah and um of course there is no no greater drive and no well probably a few greater risks of getting kevin to just go on for hours than uh kirk and uh his seeking of relationships and and i don't mean of relationships (laughs) although although there's probably something to be said for that um just first of all kirk in the films where he's trying to seek out basically the relationship that helps him identify who he is. He's seeking out that relationship with the enterprise. He's seeking out that relationship with his crew, both lost and found. Um, Mm -hmm. But then the Kirk and Abrams verse as much, like there's a lot to complain about in Abrams verse Star Mm -hmm. Trek, but there's a lot to love in Abrams verse Star Trek. And I think Kirk's journey, Kirk's, Kirk is the epitome of this Star Trek feeling of looking for the healing relationship because mm-hmm. he's just, he's broken by the, um, the death of his father. Like, like he's just broken. He's separated yeah. from the world. He's just, he's out of it. He's broken. And everything he does is an attempt to find something to heal that. Well, and he's, again, he's pushing away the thing that reminds him of his hurt, the thing that he's, mm-hmm. he's dead set against Starfleet because Starfleet killed his dad. Right. You know, but at the same time, it's not that Starfleet killed his father. It's that his father believed enough in Starfleet or in the Federation to give his life. And that that saved Kirk's life. And that's what Pike helps him to understand um, in that beautiful barroom scene, which is one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Trek. Um that, that conversation that, that Pike and Kirk have across the table and Kirk's nursing his bloody nose and, and, and fiddling with a fiddling with a starship salt shaker, which I, I had. <laughs> oh, me too, buddy. <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's that, well, and therein, I think, again, you see that mentoring type relationship that mm-hmm. is offered and, and, and Pike sort of putting the hooks in the water and trusting in the better part of Kirk you know, to reach out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important element of when you're on the, um, the being sought end of that, mm-hmm. that, that, that relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important. I think part of what the person who's doing the seeking is looking to find is that element of trust that yeah. they are going to trust you enough to let you come to it on your own terms. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think that's something too that 
might um, might evidence someone who's being disingenuous is someone who wants you to come to them and only them for your healing, someone who is intent on sort of pulling you into their sphere and pulling you into their their world, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's kind of how cult leaders operate, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and I think people who have been in, in those kinds of situations can can understand how that dominant personality um, can be misused. Uh, and that and, and there where we see in these characters in Star Trek who don't, in Jesus' words, you know, lord it over them, right? Mm-hmm. But who deal with people with compassion and love, right? And and I think it's so easy for people to to see you in emotional need and manipulate that to their own ends. And it's hard to be aware of that mm-hmm. when you are needy. And all of us need that. All of us need healing in relationships. All of us need each other. All of us need community. Um, that's why it's it's so difficult for so many people right now. Right. Being apart from people they love. And uh, and needing to needing to still needing to still have that grounding you know in other people and i know so many christians will be like well you've got to you know you've got to work on your relationship with god and everything and i'm like mm-hmm. yes that's true but god calls us not just to god's self but to one another right and i think i think we are designed as such relational beings that we don't find god i mean we can <laughs> find god all on our own you know we can commune with god directly just through the natural world or through prayer or what have you but we are communal beings Mm -hmm. and and we're really going to find um we're really going to find more we're going to learn more we're going to grow more we're going to be able to connect with god more when we connect with one another in those healthy and those life-giving ways Mm -hmm. so community is so much so much a part of it, such an important um thing to have and to build and it can be hard to maintain in today's world um but it's worth the effort and it's worth the effort too to remember those people who maybe you haven't talked to in a while during all this and maybe you kind of assume mm-hmm. they're okay you know give them a call drop them a line and whether whether you're in the middle of a pandemic listening to this or not mm-hmm. boy i hope you aren't um <laughs> but uh you know I, just think of those people who who might need that and and give a call drop a line and yeah and and i just as a introvert with anxiety issues mm-hmm. i just want to throw out there think of what they need you know maybe you yeah. do better on calls but maybe they don't do better on phone calls maybe a text or an email is a better way to to contact them just think about think about your friend and think about how they communicate and and what they need and even uh, ask them you know, even ask yeah. somebody, you know, what's, what's the best way for me to talk to you? You know, what, where are you most comfortable? Um, that, that helps a lot. Just giving people permission and space to need what they need and to be honest about their needs is so important. So, yeah. I, I mean, this is the thing. We can talk about how much we need healing relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And we can talk about seeking, we can talk about finding those, but um, I think our best focus in life I mean, obviously, we all need to seek what we need for ourselves, but we often find that by making ourselves available to other people, reaching out to other people, and not being afraid also to reach out when we're in need, you know, to, to not, not be afraid to let other people know that we're hurting. That's an act of trust, 
but um, it's it's worth the it's worth the doing. All right. Well, that's about all the time we have allotted for our main topic. Was there anything else you wanted to to add? <laughs> uh, just thanks for driving the car on this one. Uh... Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Stretch a little bit here. So, had, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> we have a really interesting question this week that I'm I'm really curious to, to, to get your response to, Kevin. Okay. Uh, this listener asks, um, on the show, you've been talking about not my Trek and how Trek has grown bigger than Gene's original vision. Is there anything Trek can do to make itself not Trek? You wanted Lower Decks to earn those two words, but didn't explain how it could earn them or fail them. What would, say, Discovery or Strange New Worlds have to do to get the Kevin C. Nice, not my, not my Trek, not Star Trek stamp. <laughs> I kind of butchered the last few words there, but you get the point. <laughs> yeah, you get the point. Um, okay, so I, I feel like I the first episode of Lower Decks for me felt that way. And of course, going back, if I were to go back and watch it now, I might like it better than it did the first time. Mm-hmm. But that first episode, I mean, we, we were recording a podcast and then we basically... St- scrapped it because we watched that episode in the middle and i came back so dejected that i was like oh i don't know if we can talk about this series at all you know just mm-hmm. i this this whole project may not work i don't know <laughs> if we do this we're gonna have to we're gonna take another run at it from another angle um and because it was just a lot of noise and chaos there was nothing about the characters really and there weren't any star trek ideas I think that's where I really started warming up to Lower Decks in the second episode was where there, you know, where it had something to it. It said something about the characters. It said something about the human experience. It was genuinely funny instead of just trying to earn laughs by having our characters in their underwear and having, you know, I don't know, blood spurting everywhere, which is apparently right. hilarious. <laughs> um, but uh, um, so, yeah, I, it, and, and like, well, I think Star Trek has at times fallen short of being good Star Trek. I think my, the, 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 my worst episode of Star Trek ever, which is most people's worst episode of Star Trek ever, or at least one of them, is Threshold from Voyager. <laughs> and the reason for that is it's a worthless episode. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't go anywhere. It's Brennan Braga following this ridiculous notion that we have to de-evolve in order to evolve, which is just dumb. Uh, love you, Brandon. You're you're a brilliant writer, but that's a dumb idea. And uh, and and so it's it's just you know oh you know uh, we broke the warp barrier, which is stupid to just do in an episode. Um, and then, you know, Paris goes crazy and then he turns into a salamander and then Janeway turns into a salamander and then the doctor fixes it with science magic and that's it. And it's the whole episode and there's nothing to it. It doesn't say anything. Our characters don't grow. They don't go anywhere. It's not about what it means to be human. It's not about exploration. It's not about any kind of, uh, philosophical question or, or, social issue or cultural question or anything it's okay to have a fun show fun episode it's okay to have a funny episode you know mm-hmm. it's okay to you know whatever but just i don't know for me star trek w- loses its way when it stops aiming toward the uplifting of the soul 
when it stops talking about what it means to be human, when it stops um, anytime it, it isn't, um, well, like Star Trek Into Darkness. Star Trek Into Darkness does have some moments in it which are good Star Trek moments. But for the most part, it's big and it's noisy. And it's okay to have a lot of action in a Star Trek thing. But when there's little else, when characters are behaving out of character, like Spock and uh, Khan and uh, 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 Carol Marcus and you know every legacy character they bring back uh, in that episode, I mean, in that in that film, um, when this when the when the plot is badly constructed and doesn't make any sense, and you know the whole thing falls apart without having a good message or getting at, like taking a stab at a message but not getting there. At least it takes a stab at a message. At least it takes. At least it tries. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Star Trek to not be Star Trek anymore, it would just have to start being a shoot 'em up show every week, right? You know, or it would have to be. Um, you know, just uh, like a, a soap opera every week or something. It would have to lose that thread of exploring um, the, the, what it means to be human, what it means to live in a relationship with other peoples, what it means to strive for peace in the world, uh, what it means to live according to love, um, exploration and discovery uh, and the exploration of the of the human heart, you know, uh, uh, David Gerald said that the the final frontier is not space. The final frontier is the human soul. Mm-hmm. When you lose sight of those things, mm-hmm. that's when you really cease to be Star Trek. And that's what I couldn't I couldn't even find a scrap of in the first episode mm-hmm. of Lower Decks, and why right. I was so despondent. So, so let me ask you then: um, with the these, are they rumors or are they official that section thirty a section thirty one show is coming? I don't know at this point because that was pre-pandemic that 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 thing came out. Okay. It was definitely something that I think was basically announced that was being worked on as far as I know. And that was, I think that was before they remerged with Viacom too, before CBS okay. and Viacom remerged. So I'm not sure about that. So then let's, let's talk a little hypothetically. If, if that's all right with you, if yeah. that show were to get the green light and they were to go forward with that, given what section 31 is all about, yeah. uh, getting their hands dirty in ways that the true spirit of the, someone in the true spirit of the Federation wouldn't in order to protect the Federation, to keep it mm-hmm. as it is, what would that show have to do to earn the Star Trek title? And what would, what, what are you afraid it would do that would take it, and turn it into that not my trek. I will say at the outset that I'm kind of already uncomfortable with the idea that we need section 31. Mm-hmm. It kind of doesn't it kind of fit into that whole there's that argument about to be a truly tolerant society or to be a successful tolerant society the only thing you cannot tolerate is intolerance. That's and that, that that paradox there that it kind of brings up yeah, that's true. Although I don't, I don't think Section Thirty One is about that necessarily. No, 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 no. I, I, yeah, that I, I just feel like it kind of falls into that same almost paradoxical category. There has to be a tough side to your, to your, to your existence. 
Oh, I see. You're just making a car- similarity. You're saying there's a similarity between yeah. these ideas. Okay, yeah. gotcha. I'm like, <laughs> it's okay. I'm trying to follow them. No, it's uh, it's all good. Uh, Truly, um, I have the dizzying intellect. <laughs> you do. Uh, just wait till I get going. Yeah. No, <laughs> but yeah, no, something like that, something like that. But I, but I believe in that principle that the only thing you can't tolerate in an intolerant society is in intolerant society is intolerance. Um, I, I believe that's true. Um, as paradoxical as it seems and so i don't know maybe there's space for section 31 i don't know obviously i i feel like it's been used to good effect in several star trek stories it's not my favorite part of star it's probably my least favorite part of star trek Mm -hmm. it's probably the part of star trek i could do without um not really comfortable with it so i think to be a good star trek show a section 31 show has to figure out how to come back to those same themes and ideas while our characters are constantly breaking the rules and that's hard. That's mm-hmm. a that's a deep, deep challenge. And and I think there would have to be something in there where, you know, it's such a muddled world. You have to figure out, like, are there lines when you're doing black ops? Mm-hmm. You know? And if so, where are those lines and what are they? And what characters are gonna define those for us and how? And the conflict, I think, becomes internal within start within Section Thirty One, where mm-hmm. Ash Tyler or somebody else is, mm-hmm. especially Ash, um, is trying to push against maybe the way people want things to be done, and uh, and instead go for okay, we can do this, we can do it off the books, we can do it outside the scope of what Starfleet would normally do, but we don't have to go so far out of the scope mm-hmm. of what Starfleet would normally do that we lose who we are, that we lose our humanity. And I think uh, an interesting aspect of that could be we, uh, Beth and I were discussing this uh, today or yesterday as we were watching uh, Korra, the, the Legends mm, yeah, of Korra, uh-huh. and um, kind of diving into the toll that that takes on someone who is a good person and wants to do good, but has to step across the line. Mm-hmm. And, and just, just what that toll, what, what kind of a toll that takes on their psyche. Yeah. And, and so, the relationships that they pursue in order to heal that. Oh, hey, check you out. <laughs> Bring it on back. <laughs> Full yeah, circle, answer, baby. But yeah, to ultimately answer the question, I think that's that's the kind of thing you have to hold on to to be a good Section 31 show. I kind of hope the Section 31 show doesn't happen because I feel like uh, Strange New Worlds is what Star Trek needs right now. Even yes. though I think all the new Star Trek is great Star Trek. Um, it is darker Star Trek and it's harder for a lot mm-hmm. of people to watch. And I, I want something that that is more you know breath of fresh air more more directly hopeful i just uh, wish it weren't paywalled gosh darn it well yeah well that's true i agree with that so but thanks for the question good question very good yeah thanks thank you and uh, while we're on the topic of um listener questions we also want to ask uh if anyone if any of y'all have any input on these uh relationships in star trek where they're they're seeking a healing relationship uh, an yeah. example that maybe we overlooked or just didn't get to something you disagree with please let us know we would love to have a back and forth with uh with you guys so yeah let us let us know i think there's a i mean if you if you listen on youtube there's a comment section you can let us know or you can you know tweet at us or, or email Wait, us whatever we're on youtube yeah, we're on YouTube. I say it every week. Oh, you do? There's that <laughs> kind of half paying attention. I'm looking at the, the script that we don't have because we're not scripted. Because we're totally spontaneous. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah, we're on YouTube. 
Yeah, hey, so cool. there you go. And I think about one or two people listen every week. <laughs> much more popular on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Huzzah. But anyway. Yeah. So all good. Right. Um, Very good. All right. So, Tim, uh, what do we have coming up next week? Uh, well, according to the script that we don't have because we're completely spontaneous, next week we're going to cover the <laughs> third episode of Discovery and we're going to see what else comes up. We're going to just cover the third week of Discovery. Discovery third episode. Three. Third yeah, episode third episode of Discovery, of Discovery season, three. season three. Yes. Yeah. What did I say? <laughs> it's the third episode of Discovery, which would take us back. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but anyway, well, okay, that's good. I mean, I hope people like this. We're kind of we're kind of winging a little bit with the main story every week just to see what Discovery inspires in us. And I hope you guys like that. I hope I hope you enjoy it. If you don't, let us know. Um, but in the meantime, uh, be sure to please like, share, comment, and subscribe. And on YouTube. Tim, be sure to ring that <laughs> bell. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go subscribe to that now. I, please do, and uh, then also send us your questions. We are Gospel According to Star Trek on Twitter and Facebook, or Gospel Trek Podcast at gmail.com. We would love to sh- uh, discuss your question on the show. Tim, do you have anything else for to say to the folks at home? Uh, I do, and normally I take this time to be, you know, offer out, offer off, offer out some witty witticism. <clears throat> yes, but uh, this time I do, I do just want to say, uh, in this, in the vein of seeking out relationships that can heal you, if you're struggling, if um, you're in pain, don't be afraid to seek help. Uh, therapy has done wonders for me. It, it, I highly recommend. Oh, my cat just yawned at me. Uh, it's, it's not, a lot of men in particular can feel like therapy is em, uh, emasculating. It's not. It's okay to talk about your feelings. It's okay to uh, explore your thoughts and feelings about things. It's, it's okay to feel pain and to admit it. Please, 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 if you're struggling with anything, don't be afraid to seek help. I couldn't say it any better. And uh, gosh, uh, he's absolutely right, folks. And, um, you know, I... I uh, there's a song go look it up uh there's a song by um madison cunningham it's on spotify and whatever it's called um always waiting there for me um or uh, and and just just go and listen to that song because truly the the love of god is always waiting there for you and sometimes you're going to find it in a therapist's office so uh thank you so much for being with us it's going to wrap it up for this edition of the gospel according to star trek podcast Thank you for being here. Thank you for all the good words you people, you folks have been sending uh, to, to us about what this podcast means to you. It means a lot to us too. It until warms next, my heart. It warms both our hearts. So uh, until next time. I'm Tim Van Orden. And I'm Kevin Sinise. And as Jesus said in John 10:10, live long and prosper. See you next time. Thanks, man. Um, let's oh, let's do one little insert. Just oh, sure. Can we do an insert because I did skip something? Mm-hmm. Um, what are we doing uh, on the discovery episode? Mm-hmm. I skipped a tiny thing that I want to say. Mm. So I'm gonna okay. Put, let's do it, and then if I use it, I'll use it. If I don't, I don't. It's, it's not a big deal. Anyway, gotcha. one thing I really loved about this episode was the um, the villain Zara. 
mm-hmm. uh, when he walked in, I just I love the cool, calm, sinister thing that he brings. And I was watching him and just saying, oh, I love this performance. I love this actor. And by the way, he's so familiar. I recognize this guy. I know this voice. I know it so well. I know this face so well, but he's got different hair and whatever. And I just don't recognize him. I can't figure it out. It's Jake Weber. Mm-hmm. And Jake Weber um, played Allison's, Allison's the main uh, character. He played her husband on Medium, uh, which was a CBS show. You may not remember, actually. It's about a psychic person who helps detectives from mm-hmm. ran from like yeah. 05 to 11. Yeah, my um, mom so loved it. Yeah, he played. Yeah, okay. So he played Joe Dubois, Allison Dubois' husband. And Melissa and I used to watch that series all the time. And um, But he's a great actor. I really like him a lot. I loved him in that series. And he came back in this episode um, that I hadn't seen him, I think, anywhere else since. Um, and just because just I don't watch a lot of stuff. And, uh, and yeah, I thought he was amazing. Very cool. <laughs> you have nothing to say about that. I, like, I do not. I've never, never seen Medium. I, he didn't do anything for me one way or the other as an actor. And I was like, okay, cool. Okay. Well, we'll just move on from that. <laughs> Uh, so what else would we like about you know what i don't like about discovery what that i can't binge it not in, yeah unless you wait see i do binge it but i, or I had binged it because i, I waited <laughs> right. until the seasons were over but yeah no i agree yeah that's but you know what i actually uh, i actually do like that i can't binge it because yeah there's, like, there's an element of that talking about it over the water cooler and but, i like it which we do you know, our, right. our digital water cooler here, mm-hmm. but I, which we're both taking drinks out of at odd times. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I like that episode per week that we used to get in the old days and the anticipation that works on it's you fair. for seven days for what the next episode is going to be. It's, it's this kind of happy medium between this, the streaming world that we've all become accustomed to and the broadcast world we used to live in. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see. I, I think it just bothers me because I know CBS is doing it to milk the subscription. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But hey, everybody's got to make money. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, there's always that conflict between art and commerce. But yeah, I just I feel like they're double dipping, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. I'll I'll let it go. Yeah, okay. I I think they're I think they're riding in the middle between broadcast and 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 how streaming services are normally done. And obviously, honestly, with the number of properties they have that are new, they might not be able to work it that way. Honestly, in a in a in a in a, in a sustainable manner. That's so, fair. Because most of their stuff is on their broadcast, and so mm-hmm. I, you know, I think they're doing it the best they can. Yep. And at the end of the day, we got new Trek. So. And who can complain about that? Uh, apparently, a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> Hey, that was a good bit. All right, cool. I like it. I, <laughs> good. I, I'll, I'll have to figure out how to work that in. But anyway, <laughs> nice. Well, I'm sure you will work your magic. <laughs> Just don't don't stay up until five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> don't I'm, kill I'm, yourself, or I'm going to feel bad. Okay, I won't. I won't kill myself. Thank you. I promise. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you greatly. This has been good. Yeah, it was fun. I'm enjoying this. Yeah. This is good for me too. I, I'm yeah. getting a lot out of this. I should yeah. say. Uh, me too. I, I, it's, it's. I feel like this is what we've been working toward, 
I, I do too. <laughs> I do too. This is what we should have been five years ago, maybe, or maybe, maybe we just needed to get here. We needed to get here. We wouldn't have been ready five years ago. Cause you know yeah. what? I found audio files from when we tried to make a podcast. The first time we tried to do a podcast over at your house, I completely forgotten we'd done it. Oh yeah. I found the old audio files and I'm like, wow. <laughs> we we didn't know what we were doing <laughs> or i didn't know awesome. what i was doing awesome. you know but i was just like yeah it wasn't time it just wasn't time so but it's you know, it's been years in the making but i think it's worth doing I'm, our I'm, time has arrived our time has arrived hey and you know 10 episodes that's a that's a landmark that's it a is that's, a, that's pretty good yeah that's pretty good we should you know we, we should have mentioned that <laughs> we should have mentioned that <laughs> Nice. <laughs> well, uh, we could record a segment where we mentioned that. <laughs> now, this is true. We're still recording, aren't we? We're still recording. Yeah. You want to do that? Hey, we just did. <laughs> <laughs> we just did. Uh, Boom. Uh, done. <laughs> One take, Timmy. There you go. So this is this is a little section that we're going to include just because this is our 10th episode. And uh, we want to give you all a special treat of what it's like when... <laughs> the, the cameras as it were are still rolling but we edit this stuff out normally but anyway welcome to our yeah this, this should be like the little bloopers at the end of the credits that's that's what i'm gonna do that's what all I'm right good, do. good 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 yeah. <laughs> just decided that right now because that's Excellent. how much forethought goes into this series actually well, anyway. right see all we're right. just having a conversation yep all right all we'll right talk cool. to you later all right take it easy man take care Bye. bye